Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. We're so excited you've decided to join us. Now let's dive into our series, Fresh. Fresh. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking fresh. I like it. (laughs) Um, And I'm feeling fresh. I'm not only looking fresh, but I'm feeling fresh today. And you guys are going to feel even fresher um, leaving this place because we have our special guest, Pastor Noe. If you could join me up here. Uh, Pastor Noe is the pastor of Creative Love Church. Man, what a creative name for a church, right? Creative Love Church. Um, And dude, this church is all about the love. So that's what I love about these guys. They are family. Uh, I've never, I think I've never met somebody so quick and has become like so in love. Like, you know, I'm just, dude, I'm so in love with you, man. Like, I just love you so much and your family, uh, beautiful kids. Um, but guys, just please, uh, take notes, listen to what he has to say. This guy is a phenomenal speaker and preacher, and I know God has given him something, something special for y'all. So, uh, give it up for Noe. Love you, man. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, Let me hear you make some noise. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Well, my name is Noe. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. My wife and I, Bertha, she's right there. We are so happy and so honored to be here at Watermark Church. And let me begin by honoring Pastor Jarvis and Pastor Jay. Can we put our hands together for our leaders here? Come on. We can do better than that. Come on. They deserve honor. We just want to give honor where honor is due. I'm telling you, it is because of their uh, love for my wife and I um, that we, we are able to do what we're doing um, in Bloomington, Minnesota. We started our church in 2019, October of 2019, and it's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing journey of seeing God do amazing things uh, in us and through us. And I'll tell you this, though, we would not be where we are if it wasn't for Watermark Church. I got to be honest, we, we would not exist. We would not have the impact that we are having if it wasn't for your love and your generosity to our church. I just want to give you a couple of numbers before I even get to our, our, our sermon today. You know, since you guys launched us, you know, since you guys sent us out and you guys launched us, over, over 35 people have given their life to Jesus. Come on, can we give God praise for that? I'm telling you, that's the work of your love. I'm telling you, that's the work of your love. Not just that, over seven people got baptized last summer for the first time in their lives. Come on, could we give God praise for that? It's, it's amazing what God has been doing. And I'm telling you, we've had to face some challenges with COVID, and, and it's been amazing. And now we just want to say thank you for allowing us to use the hub. We're homeless, okay? We're literally homeless. And uh, we, we did church for four months, and then they shut us down. And then we, uh, that, that was our intro to ministry, you know. And then after that, you know, we, were, we did the whole online from different locations from our house. And then we were able to go back in July, only to be shut down again in November, so since November, we have been using the hub, and you know, we get about, you know, 20 people there, 20 that are willing to make that 45-minute drive, but I want to say thank you to all of you guys for just allowing us to be part of the family and allowing us to be a church that knows how to love well. I'm telling you, the success that we're having has been directly correlated to the impact that you guys have had in our lives personally, so I want to just say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Pastor Jane, just thank you for loving us. Thank you for just being with us and just thank you watermark church for just being such a loving and generous church you know just a little bit about me my wife and i we've been married we're going on 14 years of marriage we have four children uh, we have uh, nolan he's 11 years old we have julian he's nine and then we have our two little princesses she's uh zoe she's 
five. And then Alexa, she's her miracle child. She's three. And uh, so we, we're not busy. We're not tired. We always have a lot of energy. You know what I mean? So for those of you guys that have kids, you know I'm lying. You know what I mean? You know I'm lying. So here's the thing. Are you guys ready to get in God's word? Oh, come on. So actually, here's the thing. I'm a charismatic Pentecostal type of preacher, so I might get a little bit of annoying. So I like you. For, I want to hear you preach back to me. You can shout out amen, preach it short, man, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, okay? But are you guys ready to get in God's word? All right, let's get into God's word. I want you to open up your Bibles, please. If you would, please, let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 46 through 54, but before we get to it, I want to follow Pastor Jarvis' uh, series, Fresh. You know, he and I have been talking uh, over the past couple of months of what the Lord has been doing in our churches and in our families and stuff, and, and I really am convinced that God wants to do something fresh in every area of our lives. He wants to revive, he wants to refresh broken spirits, dry spirits, broken marriages, and, and, and it, became, it becomes a very personal thing. And I'm telling you, I, I have a key thought. My message today, we're following the series called Fresh, but the message for today is called Transitioning into Something New. Transitioning into Something New. If you're taking notes, that's the name of the message. Transitioning into Something New. And I'm telling you, the Lord wants to transition us into a fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Uh, he, he really does. He wants us to transition into something new. And I have a key thought. When I preach at Creative Love, I always give a key thought. There's like a big takeaway. What's the big takeaway? And if you forget everything, I hope you can remember at least this key thought. And here's the key thought for today's message. Jesus wants us to experience the supernatural. Can I get an amen? Jesus wants us to experience the supernatural. He really does. He wants us to experience supernatural favor. He wants us to experience supernatural love. He wants to experience supernatural grace. He wants us to experience supernatural signs and wonders. I am believing that the church of God is going to experience an outpour of his spirit. He's going to experience an outpour of his grace like never before. I really am convinced of that. Because Romans teaches me this, that where sin abides, grace abounds even greater. And the word teaches me in Isaiah that, that the spirit of the living God is going to fall down on all flesh. But if you continue reading Isaiah 60, it says, when there is utter darkness in the world, I will shine my glory even greater. I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus wants us to experience something fresh, the supernatural. One of the things that I believe that God has called us for, to us for such a time as this is that all of us, the whole body of God, will not just be people that just go to church just to fill their time. But God is really calling the body of Christ to wake up and to experience the supernatural power of God like never before. God was really calling his church to experience what the church of Acts saw Supernatural signs, supernatural wonders. I'm telling you, imagine living a life where you could only know that what you were experiencing is because God is doing something amazing in your life. Imagine if we live lives where every day we experience the supernatural. Imagine living your life as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a business owner, as a teacher, as a student, as a child, knowing that something supernatural can and will happen. 
Imagine that. And I really believe that God wants us to experience the supernatural. And we're going to talk about a supernatural encounter with Jesus here in this text. So if you can join me in John chapter 4, verse 46 through 54. And I'm reading out of the NIV version, so here we go. John chapter 4, verse 40. I'm sorry, let's go to 43. I'm sorry, tech team. Uh, If we can go to verse 43, if you can. Uh, that'd be awesome if you can. I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, miscommunicating that. Um, verse 43 says this, After the two days he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Now verse 46 Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Verse 47. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. We have a crisis in this moment. I want you to kind of get in the story. Jesus is in a situation, and he's found himself going to a place where there is a crisis. And we want to talk a little bit about crisis and how the supernatural is always connected to a crisis. And we'll get into that in a bit. So verse 48 says, um, verse 47, once again, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Verse 48, unless... Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. Verse 49, the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time When his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Verse 53 says the following. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. I want to talk a little bit about experiencing the supernatural. I'm here not only as a preacher, but I'm here as a witness to what God can do if you fully believe that he can do what he said he can do. I'm here as a witness and as a a product of experiencing supernatural healing in my life. Just a little bit of a background story. My father was an ex-murderer. He got saved in prison. And I grew up in extreme poverty for a while because of his background. My mom, she left school when she was in sixth grade. My dad didn't even make it to seventh grade. He grew up in the streets. And by the time they were both in their middle school years, they were working on the fields. As they grew up, we grew up in poverty because of the lack of education and because of the lack of opportunity, because of the background. And I want to say this. I've come to know Jesus as a Savior because of a crisis. I'm telling you, I want you to understand something about this text and about a lot of us, that the Lord uses crisis to transition us into something new. 
the Lord uses crisis for us to experience something fresh. In this story, we ran into a situation where a father has a crisis. He's going through a crisis. And here's what I want you to kind of take out of the story for a little bit. That crisis is often the launch pad that the Lord uses for us to experience something fresh. In order for us to experience something new, you must be able to confront where you're at. I'm going to say that one more time. In order for us to experience something new, you must confront where you're at. See, at times God uses our current crisis for us to experience something new. Some of us may have a fearful situation, so some of us have to learn how to transition from fear to faith. Other of us might be going through, through loss. COVID has brought loss to a lot of us. Loss of joy, loss of hope, loss of income. And here's the thing. If you're going through a crisis, the Lord wants you to transition from loss to victory. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, not just that. For those of us that have lost, uh, those of us that are kind of living with dead expectation, dead dreams, dead hopes, the Lord wants you to transition from dead death to life. And finally, he really wants us to experience him personally. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to do a mighty work in you first because he wants to do something great through you. And before the Lord can do something great through us, he first has to do something great in us. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't want you to miss it. The Lord wants to do something great in you first. Why? Because before God can do something great through you, he first has to do something great in you. He really does. And in this text, I want to kind of just make a couple of observations. Before I get into the points, I want you to look at Jesus. I'm telling you, Christ has always found Jesus. Even if it wasn't his crisis, it was amazing how crisis would make its way to Jesus. And I want to just point out a couple of things on how Jesus responded to crisis. This is so consistent through the Gospels. It's so consistent through when you read at the narrative of how Jesus lived his life and how Jesus lived his ministry and how Jesus just lived life. And I'm telling you, it's amazing how he responded to crisis. And I'm telling you, there's something about crisis that, that empowers us to have to take the next step. I'm telling you, you can stay stuck in your perspectives and never experience something fresh. You can come to church and still not be fresh. You can do your morning devotionals and all that good stuff, and you can still stay stuck. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants to bring a refreshing this year. Can I get an amen? He really does. He wants to bring something fresh. He wants to bring something new to your life. And I'm telling you, a couple of things that I just want you to just point out, I want to point out about how Jesus would deal with crisis was just, let's just kind of look at it for a, for a little bit. One, every time Jesus got confronted or had a crisis in front of him, a couple of things that I want to just kind of point out, Jesus never overreacted. Whenever a crisis suddenly hit Christ, he never overreacted. It's amazing how this dad comes to him with a crisis. It's amazing how this situation is a big situation and there's a crisis going on at hand. And the first thing that Jesus, how did Jesus respond to a crisis? Well, one, he didn't overreact. I am such a professional overreactor. Isn't that right, babe? 
I am so good at overreacting. I'm really good at overreacting. I'm good at overreacting with my sons and my daughters. I'm, I'm a business owner. I own a, I'm a licensed contractor. I'm really good at overreacting. When something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, there goes our project. Here we go. And it might have been a minor setback. But I'm a professional overreactor. And Christ, though, he doesn't overreact when a crisis hit him. Another thing that I want you to just observe, I want you to see, every time Jesus was, was uh, hit with a crisis, he observed the situation. So number one, he didn't overreact, but two, he just observed. He observed the crisis itself, but he also observed the response of those people that were going through a crisis. And number three, his response the third thing that I kind of want to notice about how Jesus would deal with crisis is he would respond in a way that created relief. I don't know about you, but most of my times, my response actually adds fuel to my crisis. Especially when I'm going through it with my wife. She and I, when we're kind of going, going at it, Man, she's, she's so filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I got issues, guys. Like, she's so filled with the Holy Spirit, we might be going through a situation, and she'd just be smiling. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? She's like, God's good, baby. You're, you're, just let it out. Just let it out, honey. Just let. And I want to kind of pick a fight with her, and she's like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. So I'm telling you, just like, you know, Jesus, his way of responding was one that created relief. And this is so important. Before we even get into the points of the text, I want you to understand because here's the thing. All of us, we're, we, all of us, if we have the desire of experiencing something fresh, all of us, if we have a desire of growing in, in, uh, in, our, in our lives and growing in our walk, and if we're going to experience something fresh, you have to come in terms to the reality that you will go through a crisis. Some of us are either coming out of a crisis, some of us are in a crisis, and some of us will experience a crisis. So this is so crucial because that's part of the story for us to experience something fresh. In order for me to experience resurrection, I first have to experience death. In order for me to experience joy, I must have something to be joyful for. Do you know what I mean? In order for us to experience victory, I must have something to overcome. There's the crisis. But I want you to understand that while we are in a crisis, and while we may be experiencing a crisis, better days are ahead. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, the Lord wants us to understand that crisis is often the avenue that helps people experience what is fresh. Crisis is often the avenue that the Lord uses for us to experience something fresh. And in this story, and in this story, Jesus used this crisis of this child getting ready to die. He has a tremendous fever. He has a tremendous fever, and the father is afraid. He's afraid that he's going to lose his precious son. I want you to kind of get in the text with me. Imagine being in a situation where you're losing something you value the most. Imagine living life with the reality that something that you desire to keep for a while, something that you have your heart connected to, it's getting ready to leave you. And Jesus miraculously does something powerful. He brought this man from fear to faith. He did something amazing through this story. And I'm telling you, crisis can be the launch pad that helps us transition into something new. Jesus wanted to teach this man something new that will lead him to something fresh. 
And if you're taking notes, and I think we might have something on the screen, but if you're taking notes, I want you to see how Jesus used this crisis to bring about something fresh. And number one, I want you to just really understand this. See, number one, if you're taking notes, is Jesus responds to crises with confrontation. Jesus responded to a crisis with the confrontation. Some of the greatest things that have happened in my life, some of my greatest victories that I've experienced, I'll just say something. I'm 32 years old. I've been a business owner, and I've already, I'm 32 years old. I've been married for 14 years. I've experienced bankruptcy as a business owner, and I lost my house, and I lost my vehicles. I know what loss is. I do know what loss is. You might be like, dude, you're young. Yeah, but I did some stupid stuff in my 20s, some stupid real estate investments in my 20s. I was not wise. I was very full of ambition, very full of energy, but no vision and no planning, and I lost it all. I, one day my wife, is like, I was, I was trying to preach to my wife. I was like, baby, God is good, and God is going to get us through that. And she's like, that's great, but I don't have money for diapers. I don't have money for diapers. Thank you for reminding me that God is good, but I don't have diapers right now. Do you have money for diapers? I don't have money for diapers, and I'm, pretty, and I'm getting sick of having to go to the store for just bread and ham. She's like, thank you for reminding me, but I'm telling you, Jesus, and I'm telling you, one of the first things that Jesus does in order to transition us into something new, he's going to confront us. He's going to confront the situation, and the first thing that Jesus did, he, he responded to a crisis with a confrontation. If you have your Bibles open, please, watch how Jesus responds. Verse 47 says this, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went from him, he went to him, begging him to come to heal his son. Okay, there is that crisis. And look at how Jesus responds. Very motivational. Look at how Jesus responds. Just, I love how Jesus, uh, unless you people see a sign and wonders, you will never believe. Well, thank you, Jesus. That's very encouraging. Thank you for just putting out the obvious. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. And I'm telling you, I want you to understand this. Jesus wanted this man to experience something fresh, the supernatural power of God. But he first needed to confront his heart. What was the issue of the heart? He, didn't, he had a lack of belief. And I'm telling you something. Jesus didn't have a problem with the medical crisis. Jesus did not have a problem with the crisis. He had a problem with a lack of belief. And if we are going to experience something fresh, if we are going to transition into something new, the very first thing that Christ wants to do is confront your heart. Do you believe that I am enough? Do you believe that I can do the impossible? Do you believe that I am everything that you need? Do you believe it? He's going to confront it. He's going to confront you. And I'm telling you, just because you get older doesn't mean you'll graduate into the next step of your life. He has to confront the heart. And Jesus wanted this man to experience the supernatural power of God. But he first had to confront his condition of lack of belief. And I'm telling you, in this situation, God didn't care. Jesus didn't have a problem with the medical crisis, but he did have a problem with the lack of belief. And this is so consistent, this, this, whole, uh, this whole concept of Jesus confronting crises. It's amazing how he did it with his disciples. Do you remember uh, when they were in the storm? 
The storm is in, Jesus is with his disciples, and in the boat there's a storm. It's about to tip over the boat. Do you remember how Jesus confronted the disciples? They're crying out, Jesus, are you going to let us drown? And what did Jesus say? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid, Peter? How about when they're in the middle of the desert, Jesus preaching, and he's in the middle of the desert, and people are fainting, people are passing out, people are going through some situations, they're really hungry, and then the disciples are like, God, hey, Jesus, these people are, are hungry, they're fainting, they're passing out. How did Jesus respond? Give them something to eat. And then I love Philip, because I, I feel like Bertha, she's more of a Philip, she's the logical thinker, she's the logical, hey, and, and Philip, he's like, that's going to take us eight months. That's going to take us eight months. I just called my wife out. My bad. My bad. Eight months. And Jesus just said, hey, you feed them. Or how about when a 12-year-old little girl dies and there's people wailing outside. There's people crying outside, giving a big show, just crying. This little 12-year-old girl has just died. And Jesus comes into that situation. And what was, first, what was Jesus' first response to that? Why are you crying? <laughs> Jesus, she just died. Why are you crying? And I'm telling you, the first thing that Jesus does for in order for us to experience something fresh in our lives, the first thing that he's going to do, he's going to confront our crisis with the situation. I'm telling you, crisis isn't something that we can avoid. It will help us get to the point where God has for us. And I'm telling you, you have a choice in 2021. I'm telling you, we're still fresh into the new year. We're still fresh into 2021. And here's the thing. You have a response to come from. You, there's got to be a response. Will I live in faith or will I live in fear? This is the essence of what Jesus was trying to get this man to understand. I want you to experience something supernatural, but you have to begin with living in faith. It begins by living in faith. And I'm telling you, and I really don't like this thing about God. Can I be honest with you? I don't, I don't really appreciate this because I am a logical person, and I like to make sure there's a plan uh, and there's a system, and I like to follow formulas from time to time. But one of the things that God is telling me, it doesn't, it's not going to go the way you want, and it's not going to go the way you anticipate or expect. But here's the thing. God has a mysterious way of transitioning, transitioning us into something new by walking us through a, through a crisis. God has a mysterious way of transitioning us into something new or fresh by walking us through a crisis. If you're going through a crisis, I want you to be encouraged by this. It's part of the story. It's part of the story that God is writing for you to transition into something new, for you to transition into something new. The second thing I want us to kind of take into account is so the first one is Jesus responded to a crisis with a confrontation. But watch this. Number two, Jesus changed a crisis by what he said. I want you to say the word with me, said. Oh, a little bit louder, said. Said. Jesus changed a crisis by what he said. I want you to notice not, why, not what he did, but what he said. I'm telling you, when Jesus spoke into this crisis, it was the power of life speaking into that situation. I want you to really realize something in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, when Jesus spoke, I want you to really kind of go deep into the text with me. When Jesus spoke, he said, hey, your son lives. I want you to really understand that that is the spoken Word of God. That is God. That is the power of life. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning... Was the, I forgot that verse already. Hold on. But I know it says something like this, that in the beginning, let me just read it really quick because I don't know it by memory, okay? Uh, it says this. Watch this. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now it was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the earth. And God said, everybody shout out, said. One more time, said. And God said, let there be light. I'm telling you, I want you to understand this powerful revelation. That when Jesus said, let your son live, it was the same power that created the heavens and the earth and everything on earth. That same power of life, that same power of life was now in that situation. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, that same voice that said, let there be light, was now saying, let your son live. Jesus changed the crisis by what he said. And this is so marvelous and this is so spectacular and how Jesus is so infinite wise and how God is just infinitely wise and his wisdom just surpasses my understanding because I have to realize that when he speaks into my situation, it's the same power, the same glory, the same strength that created heavens and earth that's now alive and active in my situation. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, church, this is amazing when you really understand the beauty and the magnitude of God's voice over your situation, the voice of God speaking into your life. Jesus changed the crisis by what he said. When Jesus spoke, it was the power of life speaking. I'm telling you, we must realize the beauty of this moment because the word became flesh. The word became flesh. God said that same power is now human in human form. That same power, that same voice put on human bones, it put on flesh, and now it told this man going through a crisis, your son lives. It's that same power, and it's alive and active in us. And I'm telling you, I want, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our greatest opportunities in experiencing heaven on earth will come from hearing what Jesus said. Our greatest opportunities in experiencing heaven on earth What am I saying by that? Something fresh. Your greatest opportunities in seeing God do something fresh in your marriage, fresh in your finances, fresh in your careers. The greatest opportunity in experiencing heaven on earth will come from us hearing what Jesus said. This man said, your son lives. Your son lives. And I want you to listen. Let's just read that text. Look at what happens. Now i got to go back to John. Look at, what, look at what happens. Can you notice that I'm really excited about this point? Because I'm a witness of what God can do if you move in the direction in which he has spoken. And look at how it happens. Look, verse 50. Can we go to verse 50? It says this. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 49. Uh, the royal officer, official said, sir, come down before my child dies. And look at verse 50. Go, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Go, go. That same power that said, let there be light, now said, go. Your son will live. The power of creation, the power of life, the power of transformation, the power of us experiencing something new was right at hand. And now all this man had to do was respond. Because I love how this man responded. The man took Jesus at his word. I love that. The man took Jesus at his word. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And I'm telling you, for us, we're going to experience one of the only ways. I'm telling you, the only way for us to experience the power of God is when we move in the direction in which he has spoken to. 
I'm telling you, if you are not experiencing the supernatural power of God, may I suggest that you, are in, you have moved in the direction in which God has not spoken to? May I just suggest that? And I'm a, I'm a professional at doing that. Some of the times I have made decisions in which God did not tell me to move. Sometimes I'm, I am very borderline ADD. I believe I am undiagnosed ADD, as a matter of fact. And a lot of times I have moved in the direction by my own ambition, by my own fears, and all that stuff. And then when I am in a place I don't want to be, I'll be like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And he said, bro... <laughs> Sometimes God calls me bro. He really does. Bro, like, I never spoke in that direction. I didn't speak for you to make that decision. I didn't ask you to make that, that decision. I didn't ask you to open up that business. I didn't tell you. And I'm telling you, how do we experience the supernatural? How do you experience something fresh in your life? When you hear what God says, and then you move in the direction in which he has spoken to you got to hear what he says, and then you got to take that step of faith. And I'm telling you, think about this man. Think about the story. This guy said, hey, my son is dying. And Jesus said, go. That's all it took. That's all it took for Jesus to do. He changed the crisis by what he said. And this man, what did he do? He took Jesus at his word, and then he moved in the direction in which God has spoken. He moved in the direction to what God said, go. And I'm telling you, when we hear God's voice and then we have the audacity and the faith to move in the direction in which God has spoken to, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not logical, even if it takes you out of your own comfort, you will experience the supernatural power of God in your life. Why? Because you have moved in the direction in which he has spoken. And I'm telling you, God wants you, Watermark Church, to experience that freshness, that fresh glory, that fresh power. But you have to understand, in order for me to experience it, I must move in the direction in which he has spoken to. If we are not experiencing his presence on a daily basis, if we are not experiencing the supernatural grace, his power, and if we are in season of feeling dry, if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling like there's some dead things, and let me just be so careful in how I word my statements, I would suggest for you to analyze, are you living in an area in which God has not spoken to? Are you in, have you moved in the direction in which God has not breathed life to? Because if you want to experience something fresh, remember, you have to first hear it, and then you have to move in the direction in which he has spoken to. And I'm going to ask the worship team to please join me and make me sound just a little bit more spiritual. <laughs> Come on, guys, I need a lot of help. <laughs> Are you guys taking something out of this? Amen. And the third thing, so I'm telling you, so... The third thing is this. So remember, first thing, let's kind of go over this recap really quick. Jesus responded to a crisis with a confrontation, and then Jesus changed the crisis by what he said. But I want you to notice the third point is this. I transition into the supernatural, but what I do, I walk in faith. I walk in faith. Jesus changes my situation by what he said. Hear me out. Jesus changes my crisis by what he said. But then I transition into the supernatural. I transition into something fresh. But what I do, I walk in faith. This is one of the hardest things for a lot of people to understand, how to walk in faith. 
as a pastor, God has given us the opportunity to see an atheist come to the Lord. Come on. One of the, one of our first, one, one of the first people that gave their life to church was an atheist. And I'm, to this day, I'm humbled about that situation because isn't it amazing how this atheist person, athe- former atheist individual, I just did a class this past, I'm doing a, a course for our church teaching people how to hear the voice of the Lord. And this atheist, oh, I'm sorry, this former atheist uh, young lady, um, very educated, very logical, has her degrees, has her master's, so it has to make sense, there has to be a formula. Can you prove that? And now I'm teaching her how to live by faith. And let me tell you something. Living by faith is not easy. Let me tell you why. Because one of the things that I'm realizing is for those of us that grew up in a church, we can so easily get caught up to a routine and you lose your ability to walk in faith. It's so easy to get caught up in the routine of coming to church because you love God. And you love his presence. And you love what he can do. And you know what he can do. But I'm going to be honest. And I just feel the Lord speaking this over our lives. It's like a lot of us get so caught up in a routine. And now what used to be so encouraging has now become draining. There's some of us that have grown up in the church. And we get caught up in the routine. That you have lost track of what it means to walk by faith and sometimes people like Lauren this former atheist person who now is she joined me this past Thursday there was about 15 of us and like I want to learn how to I want to learn how to hear the voice of God and let me tell you something it's amazing it's amazing what I'm experiencing as a pastor because I'm realizing that a lot of us that love the Lord We get caught up with just living life that we forget how to just be with him. We love him, but we forget how to just, how to be with him. And some of us need to, we need a refreshing of his spirit so so he can help us learn how to walk by faith. He can help us how to just walk in this refreshing life. And Lauren, she's like, hey, I don't, I don't, remember, I'm a former atheist. No, she told me, I remember I'm a former atheist, and this is the first time I'm picking up a Bible. Uh, She's like, uh, I just started reading the book of Proverbs. She called it Proverbs, and then she called Psalms, Palms. You know, it's all good. You know what I mean? And she's all like, hey, but I think I can hear, I think I'm listening. I think I heard him speak to me. I think I heard him speak to me. And isn't it amazing how other people that have been in the church for such a long time, they have a hard time just sensing his presence. Now, this is not for all of us, and I hope this doesn't come down as me coming down and, and, and scolding you. That's not the point of the message. The point of the message is sometimes what we need to do is we need to just take a step of faith. God, I'm feeling dry. God, I'm feeling stuck. God, I'm feeling discouraged. And here's what God wants you to do. One, he wants to confront that situation. He wants you to come back to a place of believing. He wants you to come back to a place of love. He wants you to come back to a place of relationship. But then two, he wants you to understand he changes it by what he says. And here's the thing. I want you to understand the word of God over your life. God is for you. God loves you. God will never forsake you. God will never leave you. His plans for you are great. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know it by memory and you know it by heart. You know Isaiah 55, verse say that as as high as heaven is from earth that is how high his thoughts are for you okay we know that but sometimes all God wants you to do is take one step 
If you're feeling stuck in your relationship, if you're feeling stuck in your walk with Jesus, what, how do you transition into something new? One step. The man, the Bible says that this man took Jesus at his word. And I want that to be our response this morning, to take Jesus at his word. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for being for me. And now I transition. I transition from my life of being stuck, from my life of being stagnant, from my life of just settlement. I transition into something fresh by taking one step of faith. Don't try to go on a marathon. Just take one step. I want you to shout that out. One step. I'm telling you, that's all it takes, just one step. And I'm telling you, the supernatural power of God. Let me say something about the supernatural power of God. It's a partnership between the power of God and my faith. It's a partnership. Let me tell you something, church. Can I just be honest with you? Last Sunday, last Sunday we were at church. We were at the hub. And the Lord told me, I told you, in November, I thought we were done. When they told us, you're done for that second time. When they told us, you can't meet here. I'm like, we're done. Started getting text messages. I started getting all kinds of different things. All the pastors that have to shut down their churches and just all. And it's so easy to just get caught up in the reality and the crisis that's around you. First of all, thank you, church, for just allowing us to meet at the hub. It's been so amazing. Last Sunday, <laughs> we had our service, and it was amazing. Kyle, our worship leader, who met the Lord at, at my house, we led him to the Lord, and he's grown up in his faith, and last week it was an amazing, he killed it, did an amazing job, but after he finished the preaching, after he finished the preaching, we started singing this rattle, this song from Elevation. And after we had a one-hour-long service, we had another hour-and-a-half-long service of just crying out to the Lord and singing praises to His name and just people on their knees crying out to the Lord, people being set free. So we had one person receive the gift of the Holy Spirit just out of a sudden start speaking in tongues. We have all kinds of different things. And on my way home, the Lord told me this. You had to take that step. When I thought we were shutting down, the Lord told me, no. I'm trying to graduate you into the next step, the next level. But you have to take the step. I took Jesus at his word, just like I know a lot of you are going to take Jesus at his word. And, it's not, and it doesn't stop there. You take Jesus at his word, and then you take your step. And that step is a hard one. I'm telling you, listen to me, I thought we were done. There's many times I tell Bertha, I don't know if I want to do this, like all these different things. And can I just say this? And to God be the glory. Since we've been having to come over here, our church has grown. Our church has grown financially. Our church is getting spirit-filled. And here's the thing, isn't it funny how it took God for, to take me out of Bloomington and have to make a 45-minute drive every Sunday to experience His glory at a greater dimension. 
What was it? I had to experience a crisis. And now I'm a witness and I'm here to tell you that God's supernatural, God, something fresh, the Holy Spirit is bringing something fresh upon us. And he wants to bring something fresh upon all of us. But I want you to understand this. It is a partnership between God's power and my faith. God's power and my faith. And I'm telling you, this experience with this man, I want to just finish here, this experience. So this man, he leaves, he takes Jesus at his word, and he moves in the direction to which God has spoken to. And what did he encounter? He experienced something fresh. Because just the day before, his son was on his deathbed. And on his way back, his son is alive. There's some of us that have something in us that is dying. It could be a dream. It can be a vision. It can be something that you used to be so passionate. Maybe it could even be your relationship with God. Just dying. You're like, God, and you're desperate for it not to die. You're hungry inside. God, I don't want to see this die. I don't want to see this go. I don't want to see this leave. And I'm telling you, if you hear the voice of God, and then you walk in the direction to which he has spoken to, supernatural signs and wonders will happen. Why? Because you have responded to his voice, and you're moving in the direction into which he has spoken to. And then look at what happens. He encounters a man, and he says, you know what? Your son's alive. And I'm telling you, there's some things that God is going to renew, and God is going to refresh. Why? Because you're walking in the direction in which God has spoken to. And isn't it amazing how this experience not only revealed something fresh about God, it refreshed his soul. Think about this. This man was on verge of losing his son. How would you respond if that which you thought was going to die suddenly is healed miraculously? It brings a refreshment to your soul. Not only did he experience something fresh and something new about God, the supernatural power of God, he was also refreshed in his soul. And I'm telling you, if we are going to step into something new, and if this is the last thing, if you're taking notes, just practical steps into practical steps to transitioning into something fresh. If you're taking notes, these are practical ways into transitioning into something fresh. Well, one, you've got to transition how you think. You've got to transition how you think. Romans 12, 2, to not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You gotta transition how you think. You gotta think as Jesus sees things. You gotta learn how to see heaven on earth. And number two, it says you gotta learn how to walk by faith. And I'm telling you, if you would have told me early on, hey, you gotta learn how to walk by faith, I'm really good at walking in fear. Because if it's uncomfortable, I'm naturally not gonna do it. But over the past couple of weeks, and I mean it, I would say this whole thing about this, we've been we've been a church plant since 2000 uh, since October of 2019, but we've only been able to meet as a church body for seven months. That's all we've had, crisis. We've had people come to the church. Some of our biggest givers were the first ones to leave. Some of our some of one of the families left, and it just seemed like things started started losing, started losing, started losing. And God's saying, I'm bringing you into something new. If you feel like you're losing something, I want you to understand God is bringing you to something new. God is bringing you to something new. Can you bow down your head? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in us and what you're going to do for us, Lord. We trust you, God. 
For those of us, Lord, that are dealing with a crisis, I pray that you would confront us. If we have unbelief, God, I pray that you would help us. Father, if we're dealing with doubt, I pray that you will encourage us. But God, let us be fully aware that you change the situation by what you say. Father, your word says that you love us. Your word says that you're for us. Your word says that you're closer than a brother. Jesus, I pray that we will never lose our ability to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I pray for those of us that are feeling discouraged or for those of us that are kind of dealing with situations, God, I pray that we will transition into something fresh by walking through this crisis. But we got to realize, Father, and I pray that all of us in this room would realize that in order for us to experience something supernatural, we have to move in the direction in which you have spoken to. Lord, we give you all the praise and we give you all the honor for what you're doing today. To you be the glory, to you be the honor. In your name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Noe. Everyone give Noe a hand for that word. That was so good. Um, and I just think this last song that we sing, we're singing today, um, Available, I think it, it just segues so much into what, what he was just talking about. Um, when it says, I hear you call, I'm available, listening to God, and then responding by taking that step. So as we sing this song today, I just want you to think about that. Like, I'm going to listen, just, you know, admit to yourself, like, take a stand today saying, I'm going to listen to what he has for me, and I'm going to respond and head in the direction that, that he's called me to go. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.